Evening, folks. We are back once again. Another Thursday. This new era quickly taking shape. The Dynamite Review and nothing else, as it's now advertised officially, uh, is Dynamite's final stop before Revolution. Much to discuss. An iconic moment with Sting. A big time Road to Trios match. Uh, all that and much, much more. Your favorite trio once again in the house, Charlie. You are uh, soon to be on your way to Crockett Country, right? To to sure Greensboro, your new feature today, very eventful time. How are you this evening? I am doing great. I am very, very excited. It's like, I feel like I've been talking about going to Revolution for like months now, and it's finally happening. I leave for my flight in literally like eight hours. Like, I leave for my flight in five hours. The flight itself is in eight hours. So I'm pumped up. I'm ready about it. And I did have a feature go out today, and it is about Sting. If you haven't read it yet, please do. I was quite proud of it. It was a special Absolutely. one for me. Look at her, bro. She's just making the fucking towns for the podcast, making the towns for the shows, writing features for the love of the game. I couldn't believe it. When the tweet went up earlier and and Charlie was involved, I said, better than me, I would not be here. (laughs) I would be (laughs) having a night's sleep. If I wasn't here, I'd just be watching. Yeah, Yeah, I I respect it. You're a real pro, Charlie. As as we've said, you're going for wrestler of the year this year, which, you know, Mm As long as you don't campaign too hard for it, I think I got a little carried away when I was doing the media round last year. It was a little much, but, uh, but I think I think you're going to be safe with that. But nonetheless, Ayo, how are you this evening, mate? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, you know, happy to be back with the trio. Even though we still have to give Monty a payout after these podcasts, Joe, we got to we got me and you got to talk about this afterwards. But yeah, neither here nor there. Um, enjoy Dynamite more so for the angles than particularly the wrestling last night, which is rare. But you know. It was good. I uh, saw a go home show. Not the best, not the worst. Somewhere in the middle, but I, I thought it was an enjoyable show. Yeah, I did too. And I, I think it's kind of, you know, I think we're going to be repetitive with this here if it keeps going in this direction. Because I think once again, it's one of those shows where it's like in a vacuum. Is it a 10? No. But it sure did continue to tick the boxes that we're looking for in terms of a pay per view build, right? This was like really focused on, on revolution. I think as we go through this, that will kind of become clear. But, um, I guess first question: Did the go home show do the the intended trick of like you you left it much more excited? Because I certainly did. Oh, I'm assuming you're the same. So I clearly love AEW, right? But like, I've heard I'm not that, the yeah. type of person that is like, oh my god, the pay per view is coming! I can't wait to the pay per view, the pay per view, the pay per view. But like for once, that, that's that's how I'm feeling, bro. Like, I can't wait until Revolution. Um. There's a lot of things I'm looking forward to. The Bucks are fired up for the Sting match. They want it to be the best match of their career. Love Sting. Watch him like as a child, like everybody else, every other fucking wrestling fan under 50 has. Um, fucking Swerve's gonna get crowned. I hope so. There's just a bunch of stuff that that just for everybody. Will Osprey versus Takeshita, bro. Like, right, so I'm I'm fired up. I've I. I was not expecting to love that Osprey to catch the angle as much as I did last night. Um, it makes me hopeful for the future of Osprey and the Don Callis family. We'll get into that later. But yeah, man, I really, I really like that go home show. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think it's fair to say, Charlie, the go home, you and I have done enough of these to know that mm. it isn't always their specialty, right? The go home TV. Yeah, so no. um, what did you make, Charlie, of kind of the, in particular, ramping up the excitement for Revolution this week? What did you think? Yeah, the vibes on Dynamite, like, for, like, as a go-home show, like, this is, like, one of the better ones they've done for sure. Like, 
pretty much every big match had like a really good angle to like kind of solidify it like there's a couple they didn't do like they kept like the tony diana one for collision which makes sense like there is another show still before revolution mm. but um but yeah no i'm very very excited about it and like that closing angle at the end like flair involvement aside like it's got me real pumped up for that tag match and i didn't think i could be more excited for that so it's gonna be a great time i think like the vibes they 100 percent nailed on this show I agree. And I think, you know, when we go segment by segment, there are some issues that we'll kind of, you know, navigate once they arrive. But definitely this season, this kind of, I guess, like, you know, arc, this cycle of pay-per-view build, it's been very much about the, the broad strokes of the promotion, right? Like things are trending nicely, which allows you to overlook some of the, the kind of individual flaws. But um, that's very different to the AEW of the past. So it's an interesting time for sure. Okay. Uh, before we get into the show itself, folks, as always, please do like the video, subscribe, and if you're feeling very generous and want to support Charlie's trip to Greensboro, where I'm told <laughs> there are many things to do outside of yeah. seeing professional wrestling, please do send a super chat. Ayo, do we have any super chats thus far? Any early birds we in that? Do regard? have a couple. Let's tap into those. Russell Purist is on Ibrahim and Niang $2 super chat. We <laughs> lost out on Tom shaking my fucking head. First of all, who is we? Bro. I'm so upset. Who is we? I'm, I call, so I'm, uh, I'm, I gotta be honest, I'm kind of fascinated by what this looks like. 41 year old Tamatonga in the WWE, but what is that? How do they use him? Where does he go? Main roster NXT? Like, it's a, it's a weird mean, one to me. I don't know. They've got the, the choice between a Buddha Club or Bloodline, apparently. That's what I'm seeing thrown about. So, wow. Okay. The idea the is talking about any factions. type of wrestling TV, bro, like weekly TV. Yeah. Kind of crazy to me. Like, even if you he, like him, like, he's not really a, doesn't really strike me as a TV act. But, yeah, I think I the, no, the WWE style of wrestling is really going to suit him, though. Like, some of the matches he's had, I feel like that style of wrestling is going to play to his strengths at this point, to absolutely. be honest. That's the thing. I, I think he's like, he's an interesting talent in there. It took him a long time to find like a, a role that was really sustainable in new japan he was there for a really long time before it felt like yeah. he was doing anything like positive really um gorillas of destiny i don't know how people kind of perceive it now but when that team first emerged they made the good brothers look like you know the, the rock and roll express um yeah. so but he found he kind of found himself as a baby face right when he had the clean shade yeah. deal and he was opposite bullet club what that looks like in wwe i have no idea but um Indeed, if we lost out here in the Dynamite review, we will not be we will not be covering this journey. So we'll save that for Tuesdays, perhaps. Or the myth I will NXT miss review. I'm yeah, happy to see him gone. Oh, uh, happy I never got to see him wrestle again. It is what it is, bro. These Tongans, they're they're pretty stinky. Wait, not the ethnicity, the New Japan talk. Are you not going to be there? Are you not going to be there on this new Wednesday NXT review show that I'm pitching? I'm really, I was hoping you'd be there. I penciled you in. You see, the thing is, I think we could do a really funny bit. (laughs) As much as I'd love to make these towns, I have a, you know, I have a, you know, I got a thing on Wednesday's show. I got a, well, don't worry about it. I was thinking, because it's such a big show. No, 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 I got, I got, I got a thing that day too, as well, that you were just (laughs) thinking about. Um, That day specifically, I have a thing, Joe. So, yeah. Okay. Because I was, yeah, that's, okay, we'll, we'll talk about off the air, I guess, but uh, Charlie, you'll be there, right? You've already... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm making all the towns. Don't worry about it. You are. <laughs> uh, Sapito, $2 super chat. 
Oh, uh, Matt song for Flair kills me. That was it was fucking it was. No, those punches, bro. It was wow. those punches and chops. Oh my god. The Painful. speed Painful. was uh wow, that was incredible. And Rick came out with like you can see like he had like his wallet. <laughs> like he just got it. He just walked into the building. We need you for an angle, Rick. You're shuffling him through. Yeah, it was uh as Charlie mentioned, there's you know, that segment wasn't without that kind of lull, but it it quickly came back with Sting's big arrival. So, Joe, did you see the um the angle that Andrade, Kenny Omega, and Flair did when Kenny Omega went to the Triple Mania a couple yes. of years ago? And, bro, by comparison, that was like what two years ago, two yeah. three years ago. By comparison, that looks like Flair in '89, bro. Those fucking chops, those chops and punches last night. Yeah, I don't even I, think he made contact on any of <laughs> I assume it's like because he, he looked the same when he did the thing with uh with Hobbs and Hobbs and Takeshita, remember a couple yeah. weeks back? Yeah. I, I guess that that last match must have just like whatever was not that there was anything left going into that match. It was, <laughs> we're in the negatives now, you know, we're, we're, we're below zero at this point. But, uh, people he almost didn't come gonna, out of that match, yeah. So. People thought he was gonna drop dead during the match. A lot of people was like, hey man, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be watching because if Flair dies live on TV, I'm I'm gonna be there. You know, he survived somewhat. I'll never. F- Do you remember that picture afterwards? Of it was Foley, Taker, and Brett, and Brett has yes. this very particular look on his face as he's staring at Ric Flair, as if to say, "Holy fuck, man!" <laughs> like <laughs> they had a weird relationship, right? Like they sometimes kind of had their issues, and just the idea of being in Brett's shoes, he watched this like. Friend slash foe of yesteryear out there, like making a fool of himself. Only Ric Flair, folks. The uh, the highs and lows of the Nature Boy. Nonetheless, I suppose we should review Dynamite, right? I guess. Yes. Maybe. Keep the Probably super chats coming in, please. Unless, Ayo, unless you want to do NXT now, we can do it now. <laughs> well, you see, the thing is, All right? We we could do NXT now, but then I I would it would I would have this thing that would pop up. You see, like this this very important thing. We we've, we've spoken about it in the past. Like it was just like only specifically if okay. we shifted to an NXT review would I have this thing, which is very unfortunate. But you know, it's just it's life. Yeah, just things just popping me. up. Overfemi, all the champions. Give him all the belts, yeah. and then we'll yeah. do an NXT review. Paul Anderson can have the North American belt or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you can have when can when and only when. Obafemi is a North American and NXT champion. Will I do an NXT Bro. review? I might have to write it down for the match because that's I'll fine. Be there. Okay, we'll pencil it in, folks. There you go. He's, he's a man of his word. Okay. <laughs> Hold him to him. All right, to Dynamite. Uh, Hangman Adam Page kicked things off because he was kind of last week we closed with we were not really sure where things stood, right? And I think there wasn't any update in the uh, in the week that followed. So he came out in the crutch and it was kind of. The whole t- it's one of those segments you watch the whole time through the lens of like, should I believe this or not? Right. He started with a very sincere speech about kind of his role in AEW, so on and so forth. And then Swerve came out for this sort of um like a you know, show of respect, kind of, right? Yeah. I mean, as much as these two fellas could respect each other in the timeline that we're working with here, and it appeared things were kind of framed in a way where we were moving to a swerve and Joe match. And I think the smartest thing they did in this angle was they kind of committed to that, right? With Joe yeah. coming out, him and Swerve had an almost one-on-one promo duel that allowed you to kind of convince yourself that maybe that is the match after all. And then, of course, 
Uh, the aforementioned crutch was wrapped around the back of Swell Strickland, <laughs> and away he went, and we're back to the triple threat direction. So this was – we've used the word subtle in the past in terms of this hangman kind of shift. He's just outright losing his mind at this point. Yeah. Right? He's banging I mean, people the, around the back about yeah, it now. The, the swerve, the popularity and momentum of swerve, and he's kind of a sense this belt is driving Hangman crazy. And this was the latest stop in that particular journey. Charlie, what did you make of this? And there's a lot of different pieces here. What did you make of this yeah. angle? Just overall. Um, overall, like I thought it was a pretty good angle. Like it was a really good home, go home promo. Joe's promo here, man. Like that line about yeah. you guys are hungry because of I'm starving. You're like, bro, he is like, he's been an excellent world champion. And this is why on the belief that he's losing on Sunday, I still do not know who's coming out of that match champion. But this is why good reigns are short because of Joe has like, taken all of the tv time he's got and he's he's only done one match only one done one defense but he's made the reign so important and basically rehabbed like six months of title stuff like and he's made the world belt the world title feel like the most important thing on the show again which is like all you could really ask for following kind of the disaster with the devil story like like it is what it is at this point but um i think everyone played their role here really well I think the Swerve Hangman thing was really important because I think this was the start of them officially doing the double turn because Swerve yeah. was acting like the baby face here. He came yeah. out and was just like, yeah, man, I, f- I did some shitty things. Like, that was me, but you're you. And like he was like showing him this respect and Hangman still hit him when his back was turned. Like, that's not a like a baby face thing to do. Like, with Hangman's character, like it's a bit more like nuanced because obviously he's just kind of losing his mind a little bit. But through the eyes of the audience, he's now the hill. He's now hit the guy that they're all rooting for, like, with his back turned. So I think they're really leaning into that now. I thought it was it was a bit it was a bit kind of here and there in like, yeah, we kind of saw where this was going with Hangman, like the second it like the way they were shooting it. But it, it achieved right. what it needed to, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And like I think this kind of to me did lock in that double turn you mentioned there. Um Swerve cut when it when it was focused on just him and Joe in particular, he had a chance to kind of cut like a fired up. This is my moment, babyface promo, right? I thought he, he killed it in that regard. Um, AO, what did you make of this overall segment here to kick off Dynamite? I love this fucking segment, right? Like I saw I saw Hangman limp out there. I saw his lower third. I don't remember what it says now, but it was something like about not in the best shape. It doesn't look great or something like that, right? Yeah, cuts his, not looking good. Cuts his promo like he drops the whole evil mustache hangman like gimmick he's just like he's good old hangman that we've known the first four years of AEW. he's just like oh shucks guys it's just not my time i guess i'm i'm sorry i love wrestling for you guys but it's just not gonna happen and the hangman and then a swerve comes out um he cuts uh pretty much babyface promo too just saying like hey man you you've been a worthy foe it is what it is it's gonna be my time sunday joe comes out Cuts one of my favorite Joe promos of the last five or six months because he's just like just fuck he just turns these out now bro yeah. like just these these incredible quotables like Chuck said with the starving your ass line that was that was great but um I thought I thought Swerve had a really good rebuttal to him um you saw that he got the fans back behind him they were all chasing mm-hmm. Swerve's house and all that and then and then Hangman just fucking like you said wraps that fucking crutch around Swerve's back. And I was, like, I was like, yo, he's lost his mind. Like, people be like, oh, well, why is, why is Hangman doing this? Like, he, he pretended to get hurt, and now he's 
just to just so you had an opportunity to hit Swerve with a crutch. No, he's just he's just fucking with him, bro. Maybe he did. Maybe he did turn his ankle last week in kayfabe. I mean, maybe he did turn yeah. his ankle last week. Like, it's a fucking turned ankle, bro. Like, like if it's a minor one, you it'll be you'll be fine in three days. Like, so maybe he's like he landed on a weird. He said he said, "Oh, fuck in front of the camera." Say, "Oh, maybe I could use this to my advantage." Get Swerve in the ring alone. He doesn't feel like he needs some old embassy out there with him. I'm gonna beat his ass with this fucking crutch. And then you you see him lose his mind. Like he's lo- completely lost his mind. And then ca- commentary is really selling it. Excalibur's talking about the wire hangman page. Excalibur's <laughs> like, never said a bad word about hangman this entire time. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like I I I love this program. Um, people in the past, when you when you shit on MJF's title reign, people in the past would be God, God forbid somebody tries to tell stories. Bro, I love stories. Tell me a bunch of stories. I don't want to see dog shit, bro. And then you tell me, well, he's telling a story. Maybe it's not wrestling focused. Samoa Joe's wrestled once this reign. I've loved this reign. I, I wish he wrestled a couple more times. I think there was an opportunity to get a Mox title defense somewhere in there on television. Yeah. And they didn't take it. But um, either way. I really, I really like this rain, and I, I, I assume it ends Sunday. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to follow up with. You know, folks, we are going to do a, a preview of Revolution, but I think it makes sense with this segment to just kind of, for a moment, look at that part of it. Um, this segment, as we've all kind of circled here, was that you know Swerve left this as the clear babyface going in for the people. I think that goes with the promo he cut. I think that was the key take, you know, kind of talking point. This build is fascinating because, as we've discussed over and over, all three wrestlers feel like feasible winners here. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question for this segment specifically is, which way did you know did this change your perception of, of where this match is going? Now, Charlie, I know you're going to be in Greensboro when we did the preview, so I'll start yeah. with you. Did this shift your current prediction? And if so, what is the what's the change? I change my mind on who I think is going to win this every time I talk about it. Like, because like, I was I was literally talking to someone about it earlier. I was just like, yeah, Swerve's probably going to come out champion. I think they're going to crown him here. I'm not I'm not convinced that Hangman's not going to cost him. I think, I don't think that either of them will come out with a belt. I think Joe retains because of Hangman's screws over Swerve. And he's so focused on that. And Joe's just like, oh, I don't give a fuck about your beef. I'm walking out with my belt. I think that's how yeah. it's going to go down. And I think that Swerve might get crowned at big business. I think they might do a TV title. It's obviously not a TV title change, but you know what I mean. Like, do the change on TV. I currently am leaning in the same direction. Um, I'm wondering if there's a finish you could do specifically where it's like Hangman actively sacrifices his own chance to win in order to stop Swerve. You know, that kind of like, I'm trying to think of what oh, the finish would be. Could you imagine if, he, if Joe's got him in the submission and like he locks eyes with Swerve like as Swerve's like tr- trying to crawl in to like break it up, and Hangman just taps. That would be see, fucking sick. Yeah, see that I think could be very. I think that could be very impactful. Um, and it would give you a kind of logical reason for Swerve to get a shot at big business. Yes. Uh, how are you feeling on this potential delaying of the Swerve coronation until uh, big business? What do you reckon? I see. I never, I never even thought of that as being an option. I don't know how I feel about Swerve losing on Sunday. Like I know mm-hmm. people are talking about, oh well, it's not, it's not the pay per view main event. He needs to win in the main event. I think that's kind. Of, I think that talks a little overblown. Um, this is Sting retiring once in a fucking lifetime. It's it's Sting, bro. Like you just have to yeah. understand 
that the world title is not going to go on last in in a case like this. And I don't think that lessens somebody being coordinated at all in this yeah. situation. Like, even if it was Hangman Page, who three years, the first three years of AEW was dedicated to getting the Hangman story over and eventually crowning him. I think it would be fine if Sting had to retire. Maybe move it back. I don't know. But I think it would be fine for the most part. Um, if they if they go the route of Hangman Costin Swerve and then Swerve winning a big business, I'm fine with it. Uh, I don't know if I love it. Uh, I assume I assume Swerve wins here, but I guess we'll see. There is, I must admit, that like um, I do think on some level, like instinctually, it does feel like Swerve's the hot, fresh face. Just go with it. Yeah. You know that is, and I do. I always think you have to be wary of like. Do you want to overthink it? You know, it's always there's always the, the yeah. navigation. I mean, it's ironic we're talking about this with Samoa as the champ because they waited so long. Um, 16 years ago was when he won the TNA World Heavyweight Title, and they had waited so long that by that point people were kind of like, Over. "Okay, like it's cool, but yeah, like yeah. he should have won that belt a year prior, right?" And that's you always have to be careful with that. Um, it's also interesting, feels relevant here that you know we we was it was announced later the All Star scramble match they're doing yeah. and i believe it was said the winner gets a shot right the world title so yeah, world title shot that's a little bit uh depending on if you think wardlow's winning that's a little spooky <laughs> yeah that scares me scares me greatly that, that is scary because wardlow was in that match the the meat mania or whatever the meat, meat madness it looked like it was gonna be like wardlow going over there because it was like his match was really the only one on yeah. tv promoting it so it'd be weird if you just were like oh hop's winning but um Wardlow did cut that promo on Joe. Yeah. So they might want to get that. Oh, That's no. very concerning. Oh, no. Hang on, he's let the cogs are turning. Like, especially oh, if like no. that's the big match for big business. I think that would if be that's the big a mistake. Business. I think that would be a mistake, yeah. Bro, I've watched a Wardlow-Joe match live. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's not a whole lot I think you could do that's going to entice people. Like, no. like, that should be... Like, it's a fucking dynamite called Big Business. Like, Wardlow being the, the opponent doesn't scream Big Business it's... to me. I'm sorry. Their TV match at the end of 2022 was like, okay, their pay-per-view match was the total downspot of that show. It was like... Yeah. It's just not, yeah. it's not good matchmaking for Joe at this point. He needs guys that can... You know, make the motion for him, and he can go in there and just whack them. A bigger guy, it's just yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. Um, we've left this conversation less optimistic than we ended it, which is a good <laughs> sign that I'm hosting no. now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, tell us what you think. Super. I believe. I believe the All Star Eight Man, whatever they're calling that match. I think there's the eighth person is not announced yet like it's gonna be like a joker or some situation like that because they it said the triple not, a, the triple not. threat would uh yeah would would put somebody into that match which happened at mm -hmm. the uh at dynamite well the collision yes. that happened last night and then we don't know the eighth person yet i, I don't so. know i believe we coming out of the yeah there's a rampage. Rampage. yeah it was oh there's a rampage I, had the, okay. I had the same confusion because they didn't really highlight it I think it's Matt Seidel match, Charlie. Oh, it's, it's the Seidel. Yes. Um, who's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Who's... I can't think of who he's working, but he, yeah, the... he's based in one of the CMLL guys. Yeah, yeah, that match had the above the graphic. It said they would be in the All Star Scramble. All right, so. never mind. I was trying to quote, thinking that somebody might return, like a pack mm -hmm. or somebody. 
But um, yeah. just throw a knife person in there. Who cares at oh, this point? No. The all star scramble just, is gonna be Samoa Joe versus Pack could be a really sick TV match. That would be awesome. Yeah, that match would be great. Yeah, that would anyways. be great. That would be great matchmaking for Joe right there. That would be mm-hmm. that'd be something. Um someone that's gonna bump himself for him the way that Pack bumps and sells for people, like Yeah, absolutely. This yeah, this is a fascinating conversation. Mm. Uh, folks, tell, tell us what you think, perhaps via super chat, but uh Yes. In the meantime, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson are in attendance. They they arrived at the building. We met by Renee Pekeg, and this started like a whole like show long story of them like trying to find Sting. Yes, which is just a funny thing to just ponder in itself, right? Like the idea of it, like Sting, <laughs> just he, the idea that he was just up there the whole time waiting, <laughs> just just, just hanging praying. from the rafters. Yeah, like just praying they're going to come down to ringside. Let's see, can finally yes. attack. He has this entire plan laid out. That includes his 74-year-old friend getting the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> the, no, it's not time to go yet. Not time to go yet. <laughs> yeah, so we'll kind of, we'll pair this with the one later with Eddie. Um, mm-hmm. where, they, where they cut off Eddie and was questioning his, his appearance and attire and, and all that good stuff. So, Charlie, I'm assuming this, this week was more of the same for you in terms of being all in on Matthew and oh, Nicholas yeah. and their latest antics, right? It is, it's, it's popping me so much. I feel like they're just they're the perfect people to do something like this because I don't feel like they're leaning into it too much, but they're making it believable that they really are like these just massive pricks to everyone in the locker room. But they paint it as the, the oh we're just trying to do the best for you guys. Like they are very very funny when it comes to that. And bro, if Eddie can find a tag partner and they run that sort of match again, I'm all in on that because of the Bucks versus Eddie versus anyone always is a great match for me. I enjoy that a lot, especially if Eddie loses at the pay-per-view. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point, but um, yeah, man, these, these segments, they're very funny and I don't think anyone but the Bucks could do them the way they're doing them, to be honest. It feels very natural. Yeah. Like it feels like they're having fun with it. And I think it's unlocking the best parts of them as TV personalities, right? Like it's capturing some of the things that made them great in 2021 as heels. And it's kind of ramped up. So I agree. Oh, I'm assuming you're, you're on board with this, I say. Hot take. I'm guessing you like it. Thank, <laughs> thank God for for our EVPs, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. Just think of how fucking boring and how many times you'd have to get my daughter and my wife. If he was feuding with FTR, what the fuck would they even be feuding about, bro? Like it would just it would literally just be sting glaze the entire time. It wouldn't be enticing TV. No, we put we got two real wrestlers, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. Um, the the two highest paid tag team wrestlers of all time. Niggas don't want to go band for band with them. It'll get really embarrassing, Joe. Don't make Nicholas. Don't, <laughs> Joe. I'm begging you. I'm begging you, Joe. Do not make Nicholas Jackson pull out his bank account. All right. Not only does he tell the best stories, not only does he have the best matches, he has the most money. All right. And unfortunately, Sting is gonna have to lay down on Sunday. As he absolutely should. All right. Um. The what are we talking about again? I forgot. What are we talking about? Oh my god! I just, I just, I thought about the Bucks. I just thought about how fucking inspiring and amazing they are. I just, I just had to go on a tangent. Oh no! But the backstage segment. Where they where they where they confronted that fucking that slob that bum Eddie Kingston. Oh, I'm trying to get his life together. 
someone to get his goddamn life together. You know, he's a champion in this biz- in this company. And this is, how, this is how he represents the company. It's disgusting. All right? But, um, bitch aside, I fucking love Eddie. I hope they run that match back. The Penta match, the match that he tagged with yeah, Penta yeah, was yeah. fucking awesome. The match yes. that he tagged with Mox goes without yeah. saying against the Bucks. Um, yeah, if, another, yeah, let's, let's, let's go for the 3P. Let's go for the 3P, but, uh, it's good shit. Yep, I agree. Um, Eddie in the Bucks is like one of those... Those great wrestling cases of weird chemistry, right? You wouldn't necessarily expect of that. She really did have chemistry. So I agree. Speaking of Eddie Kingston, let's get into our, our first match. Tonight. There was only one match in the opening hour, the first hour, saying it was, to be fair, it was a pretty long match, right? They went up there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they went over 20. Yeah. Um, Blackpool Combat Club over FTR and Eddie Kingston, who I think that may be the most Joe Holbert promotions trio in the history of professional wrestling. So credit <laughs> to them for that. Uh, and they, yeah, they certainly put some time in here. Physicality was through the roof. At one point, Cash and Mox were just like headbutting each other <laughs> bluntly in the middle of the ring, <laughs> uh, which was a choice, but nonetheless, um, double heat collision once again here, making a, an appearance on AEW Dynamite. And then things all broke down at the end until Dragon choked out Eddie Kingston, which I actually thought was pretty surprising. I thought one of Cash or Dax was going to get pinned here. So yes, that was interesting. We'll get into kind of the ramifications for that at the pay-per-view in a moment. But firstly, Ayo, what did you make of this uh, this big all-star trios match to kick us off? Oh, my God. Uh, John Moxley looks great. Brian Danielson looks great. Eddie <laughs> Kingston looks great. Claudio Castagnoli looks great. Oh, my. It was just those four guys oh. just looked awesome. <laughs> oh. So close. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was it was the only match in the first hour, and it was and those four guys they just they just had they had such a good match, and it was it was long that you know people didn't mind people 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 still really enjoyed the first hour. Um, it really it made me look forward to seeing BCC kick the shit out of FTR on Sunday, and and yeah. the uh, Eddie versus Danielson match, which I I think well I thought before Eddie got choked out, I thought Danielson was gonna win, mm-hmm. but um I thought he was gonna win there. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe he still, maybe he still does. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable seeing, seeing Brett have to have to sell for a heart attack. I know, I, I know he was just fucking like, he was just, just felt so disrespected that that anybody but, but the Heart Foundation would dare to do that fucking move. But you know, uh. The BCC, all four of them, Willie Uta included, they're all higher on the all-time list than Bret Hart. So it just is what it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Folks, it just is what it, it just is. What it is. Yeah. It just, <laughs> I, I'm happy for everyone to have fun here, but you, the Uta edition was where you went. That Look, was just man. too, you know, you could have had Look, fun man. with the rest of it and I'd have played along. That was too far. How many times has Bret Hart been Ring of Honor your champion? <laughs> True. True. You let me know. Yeah, fair. I think they have about the same amount of memorable pure rules matches, to be fair. So, Charlie, what did you think of the opener? No, 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 Joe, Joe, did really you deserve that? Deserve what you just did to him? He may not have, but I feel you did, and that's you know that's what is what it is. I I was against the ropes, I had to fire back. You know, I had to. The hands were up. I was covering up. I saw an open. <laughs> All right, so go ahead. I had, I had to confront Holbert for a second. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. This is it's very entertaining to watch. Um, I loved this match. I think that even there was there's like 
the, the difference between this trios match and the one that main evented Dynamite like a couple of weeks ago was is kind of crazy in terms of like how it was structured because they went similar times, but this one was just like I don't know, it was just fucking awesome. Like it was great. Yeah. Like the brawl on the outside, like the closing stretch, it was all just really. I don't feel like there was any point where it was like there was a lull in the match. I was just like, well, they could have shortened this down a little bit or whatever, but um. I think it was a great all-star tag, great little preview of Revolution, and the finish surprised me, and kind of for a spanner in the works of how I thought the Eddie Bryan match is going to go, to be honest. Yeah, I want to kind of focus on that part. I will say, folks, anyone who keeps record of these shows, this is one to note, because uh, my friend Charlie, on this occasion, preferred the long FTR match to, to, to I did. I, I think you like this a lot more than I did. Um yeah, I, I thought this was good. I did. I thought they lost their way a little bit in the in the final stretch, but it could be a you know high standards and things of that nature. Yeah. You know, I'm used to on Saturdays. You know, things are so smooth. It's it's difficult with these these renegades over on on Wednesday nights. But yeah, no, it was it's, a good it's match. crazy, it's good. bro. Because you know, you throw the FTR match on, you know that you could <laughs> get a good twenty five minutes of sleep before they actually do a wrestling move in the go home stretch. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that they just like. Like Cash had like two hot tags or whatever it was. The Feather just kept the pace up and actually wrestled um a style that people could pop to and enjoy and show somebody without embarrassing them and their lineage. Is it was it was it was very interesting. I I was I was watching. I was like, yeah, Joe's gonna hate this, bro. Like he's trying to sleep. It's three a.m. in in England right now. Like what's going on? It's crazy. That is close to the truth that I'm happy to admit. I've got to say that is, yeah, you're not wrong. I, I was going, this is too many moves now. They've got to someone rein them in a little bit. What would Greg think? Um, anyway, you mentioned the finish. Now, like this really was interesting because this is one of those deals where I wonder if there's a, a case of reverse psychology at play here, you know, because mm-hmm. Brian Danielson is, he really is insane. He's very aware of what we all thought when we saw that finish. Because every wrestling yeah. fan that is as in deep as us losers would say immediately, oh, my God, Eddie's winning on Sunday. Yeah. I'm not so sure. Charlie, what's your kind of gut feeling on this? It really did surprise me to finish this match, I must say. Yeah. I think, like, the way that they've been building this feud, like, I know the feud's been going longer than the build for this match, but the way they've been building for this revolution match... Like, Brian is just, like, gotten the upper hand again and again and again. And it feels like a reversal on the whole uh, story they were telling in the Continental Classic, where Eddie finally overcame him. And, like, this, like, him uh, submitting Eddie on, like, in on Dynamite, I was like, damn, are they, like, trying to build this up as Eddie's finally going to, like, best him once and for all? Like, is this the story they're telling? I'm not convinced. I think Brian's still going over on Sunday. And it, they're just kind of making this a very dis- definitive thing of Eddie still can't get the job done. And I think that's going to play into Eddie's story long term. I, I like I pitched this like a month or two ago at this point. I'm still kind of convinced that Eddie's like going to do like the Mad King gimmick again and be like more of a heel than a face. People are going to cheer Eddie no matter what. But I mm. think he's going to like lean into like the batshit crazy side a bit more again. And I think that the Revolution match is going to play into that massively. I think Brian's taken it. I'm really intrigued because, you know, their prior matches, Eddie always gets too emotional, right? And that costs him. Mm-hmm. And the match that Eddie won, the way it was explained by Brian himself on commentary at World's End was that he he traded strikes with Eddie and got knocked out. Basically, it was the way that he he framed it. 
And so this finish kind of allowed you to reframe their dynamic and reiterate the fact that, like, there's a lot of evidence that this is just a brutal matchup for Eddie Kingston. And I think that's the best story to tell here. I don't know how it ends, though. AO, what are you, what are you thinking here with this Eddie Bryan thing? Where do you think we're going on Sunday? I, don't, I, I think Eddie wins now, which is the more yeah. boring answer. I would have, I would put the belts on Bryan and have a fight without honor at Supercard of Honor. I think mm. I think there's a lot of money there to do the programming. Like Brian, Brian has a nice little uh, what would it, a little bit over a month, yeah, a little bit over a month reign. Yeah. Give him some TV defenses, Super Card of Honor match. Um, let Eddie go go over there, and then they could do the whole handshake gimmick and and be done with it. But I don't I don't know. Has has, has AW ever really strayed from the trope of the, sure. the loser? Yeah, yeah, they, I don't think they have. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll be pleasantly surprised if, if Danielson wins. I think if Eddie Sunday. does win, I think it may be a case of Brian shakes his hand and then kind of that sets him up to be a more traditional babyface for the rest of this, like, you know, kind of retirement. So it's not, I, I say kind of because he's going to wrestle individual matches yeah. for a long time. But, like, as a full-time guy, right. I wonder if that's what they do. Um yeah, I'm not sure. It's going to be really, again, and this is one of the big strengths of this show, Revolution, that is, is that the card looks spectacular, but also there's a lot of matches that are hard to predict. And I think this is yeah. near the top of that list. So very compelling, and it's great for a Road 2 match to kind of add even more doubt to the to the finish, right? So good stuff all around, it's fair to say. Um, all right. In... Well, this particular thing was good stuff. I was going to be spiteful. I won't be. The Chris Jericho backstage interview... The interview itself was, you know, kind of whatever because he was playing it. He was such a babyface here that there wasn't even really much to sink your teeth mm. into. But the yeah. video package thing was quite cool, right? Like, I, I know at this point it's become a meme. It's like one extreme or the other. Either there can be no video packages or there has to be 100. Otherwise, <laughs> there's no there's no healthy middle ground, I'm told. But to me, this is like, this was actually well done. It explained the story of why Chris wanted this match. And they showed the old footage, which Jericho even attempted to call back upon. Uh, about an hour after this, which <laughs> mixed results we'll get to, but uh, I thought this was well done. Ayo. What did you What did you make of this kind of Jericho little bit of history lesson we got here? Uh, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. It foolishly got me excited for the match, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. I always like when um, I always like when Jericho delves into his lore a little bit because you know he is somebody like it or not, bro. Like he's he's had one of the best careers of all time. In this business and maybe it's maybe it's gone a little too long at this point but he is he's still chris jericho um he was held in a very high regard for a very long time based off his work for a very good reason so it's cool when he could touch on some of the things that he did before he made it to ecw wcw wwe and then eventually aew yeah i agree completely it's uh it's again it's this conversation that if we'd have had this as soon as the segment ended <laughs> I think it'd be a little bit more upbeat, but yeah. the match itself struggled to quite. We'll get into it, Charlie. What did you make of uh, this this little interview itself and the hit the video package and such? It was cool seeing like the old CMLL tapes on like AEW and them using those to like add more to the story rather than just uh, oh these guys have history and here what it is. You could actually see like what we mm -hmm. were like meant to be understand. I think that was a really good way to introduce it. Um, honestly, like. Jericho has history with some of the most like random guys in the business at this point. This is the sort of thing he should be doing. He shouldn't be a weekly TV guy anymore. 
he should just kind of come in and be like, hey, I'm going to have this random cool match with this random guy. Here's our history. Here's why we're doing it. Like, do that every six weeks. And, like, I will never complain about Jericho again. Like, I'll take that. But, um, no, I thought this was really cool, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you conceptually. I just, hopefully we can find guys that are more... um... Yeah. Yeah. How do we put that? Flattering to what Chris can still do, you know, a good level. Yes. I think that's that's the key. Um, it appears that our rivalry, AO, is getting positive feedback in the chat. I see a super chat here. I think we're we're on for feud of the year, brother. I think I think the critics are enjoying it thus far. Is 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 this a rivalry? I thought we, you know, thought we just well, sorry, uh, around, you know, well, you know. When you, if, if, if you if you get out of the line, I just smack you around a little bit, and then, <laughs> yeah, then we get then we get back to business. But uh, yeah, bro, 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 two dollars super chat. Um, we appreciate you. Uh, a over is Jew is a dying joke. What I'm cooking? Oh, uh, you know, shout out to all my uh, shout out to all my Hasidic niggas, but Joe is not one of them. Ao versus Joe is a dynamic we need more of uh, from Russell Pierce. Well, we will be here every Wednesday for the most part, unless Dynamite stinks again. Then Joe might disappear, or I might yeah. disappear. But um, you know, uh, keep tapping in with us on Wednesdays. We will be here. Uh, keep the super chats coming in, please, and thank you, y'all. Yeah, it's it's currently like that. Remember that Embiid quote where it was like they asked him about this rivalry of the Celtics, and he said there's not really a rivalry; they just beat us every time. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me over here in the corner with my dukes up, trying try my best. But uh, but yes, absolutely, folks. Uh, we appreciate the support. All right, Will Osprey had a lot of support, a lot yeah. of support on this show. Mm. He got a hell of an ovation, and I wasn't was surprised crazy. is the wrong word for it, but it's Huntsville, Alabama, man. Like, this is not yeah. like. And he got this like superstar reaction. He had great energy and was really fired up to be there. And I just thought this was really encouraging, not only in the sense that, I mean, it was a good segment. I think this is the best Don yeah. Callis has actually, you know, kind of came across in the show for a while. But Ayo, you mentioned it earlier. It was encouraging because I think this was a pretty good clue as to where we're going direction-wise, and that's right. the right direction. So what did you make of this segment, Ayo? Go ahead. I, I love this segment. Um, unfortunately, Osprey's Tron fucking sucks. What is that, bro? Like that and the and the Swerve Tron, bro. Can we get these? Can we get these? Can we get these comic Trons away from these real wrestlers, bro? Like, put wrestling moves in there. Swerve had the perfect one with the Mogul Embassy one. He went away from it. Obviously, Osprey had to start new. Um, because he's not in New Japan anymore. But that 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 fucking sucks. But to see him just smiling ear to ear, skipping to the ring. Like you, bro. Like I, I love Will Osprey. I've loved him for a very long time. To see him like have all the success and be like this happy, it means something to me, bro. And it was dope. And to see him get that reaction in Huntsville, Alabama, of all places, like you said, um, it was it was awesome. Uh, he got the the star treatment, like he like he should. Went out there, cut a babyface promo. Then the um uh Don Callis's fart theme hit. Uh, he made his way to the ring, and he had the first segment that I've enjoyed of his yeah. in I don't know how long. Like once, once like maybe, maybe uh, maybe, maybe when like one of the first to catch heel, man. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, he was like first turned heel. He was playing like shady, kind of like boxing promoter here, right? Like he's pitting these two guys against each other, and he's trying to like convince. Yeah. Like the, the best moment he had. In fear of going too far with the Don Callis praise, but the best moment he had was when the crowd was chanting for Osprey and he was doing the Takesh style, like, like he was <laughs> yeah. doing that was good, you know. So, yeah, I agree. I thought this was like 
the right usage of him. And Takeshita had this great, the facial expression for him was great here too, wasn't it? My goodness. Yes. So it was yeah. like when, because like when we heard that Osprey was coming to AEW, we was like, yeah, he's gonna, his first program is gonna be with the Don Callis family. And then we're like, oh no. Like we saw, <laughs> we saw where this was going. Um, We thought he was gonna be with Don Callis full time. Um, Like, and because every time Osprey came into AEW, even if he was like the top baby face in New Japan or like, one of the top baby faces in New Japan, he would come into AW to be a heel. And I, it, it kind of makes sense because he's like the foreign guy invading the other promotion to do whatever right. he had to do and he's just going to leave. So maybe you don't make him baby face in these situations, but we thought that he was going to be the heel again. And but he got the, but he went out there, he acted like a baby face, he talked like a baby face, he walked like a baby, well, he skipped the ring like a baby face. So, and then Takeshi <laughs> was just like acting like a dickhead towards him with like the, he refuses to, he didn't refuse to like go over his hand just once, but twice. And it was just like, all right, so we see where this is going. Like, Osprey's going over. There's going to be a beat down. If Osprey, if Osprey and Fletcher are lucky, maybe Fletcher's allowed back in the country by then. Maybe he'll save him for the beat down or whatever. We get the United Empire going. Um, worst, case, worst case scenario, we see Kip Sabian go out there, Joe. You see Kip Sabian go out there and throw the crowns <laughs> up, brother. But uh, oh no, Charlie, don't do that. <laughs> I have, a bit, I have a bit to commit to. We've had this argument several times. Wow. Um, okay. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, um, unfortunately, I think that's something that's going to happen regardless. But let's let's just hold on to that. It doesn't have to be revolution. Like let us let us enjoy mm-hmm. Osprey for for one night before you get saddled with Kip. But um, oh come on, bro, Kip's not that bad. Well, you know, depends who you ask. You've asked not as an on-screen character, he's not that yeah. bad. You know, we will leave thing. the wrestling to another day. Yeah, he does his thing. But yeah, I, I love this segment. Um, really excited for the match on Sunday. Fully expected to be match of the year contender, if not the match of the year. Uh, yeah, it'll yeah, be spectacular. I agree. Um, Charlie, without talking about Kip Sabian, what did you think of this segment? <laughs> I, there was like a tiny moment I was terrified that he wasn't going to have elevated. And when it hit, it just made me so giddy. These US crowds, like the reaction he got was crazy, but they need to learn the theme song ASAP. They need to get that down because they're going to get shown up when um, AEW comes back to the UK, I'm afraid. But um, no, I love this segment. I thought it was really well done. There was a really like subtle moment because of the camera kind of missed it a little bit but when the crowd was chanting you suck at Don Callis Osprey was just kind of like me I suck like he was like playing into that bit but I'm so happy it does seem that uh Osprey's not going to be saddled with the Don Callis family forever just please god do not let the feud go on for six months yeah that's another issue that is that is the other issue we look at but I'm very very excited for this match the handshake bit like this is like the sort of match it didn't need a massive build, but like even with just this one segment, they've made it feel like one of the biggest matches on the pay per view, mm-hmm. which is like all you can ask for really in this situation. So yeah. very happy for Osprey. I think he's going to kill it in AEW. To be honest, like I think he's going to be absolutely fine. You can absolutely do a variety of builds with these things. They don't all have to be these like you know complicated. They interact backstage every week. <laughs> like it's a very simple scenario. It's like this is a match we want to see. And there is an element of tension with Don Callis. I mean, that's all that's all we need. We have there's another eight matches on the card for other issues. And I think they should be kind of, especially with Osprey, like 
I think you can do kind of a sports presentation of Osprey and be fine for it, honestly. Like, yeah, he's a charismatic, ass kicking pro wrestler who the people think is the best wrestler in the world. That's that. That's this. That's all you need, really, right? Because some great pro wrestlers, many of my favorites, honestly, the what they are great at is not necessarily the the more loud and bombastic things. You do not need to be um, a critic to understand or an analyst to understand Will Ospreay's appeal inside the ropes, right? Yeah. He's someone that, like, if you bill him as he's the best wrestler in the world, it will come across that way, like, immediately. He's spectacular. Everything he does looks crazy. So I, I don't think you have to complicate things with him. Let him be him, basically, and let him wrestle almost everyone on your roster. And you, I think you'll see the results pretty quick. So yeah. we'll see kind of how they approach you here in the coming weeks and months. All right. International title. Now, I was kind of hesitant about this because I think we've all seen enough of these, but this yeah. particular one did have a certain appeal as it was Nick Wayne opposite Orange Cassidy. Now, obviously, there's a ceiling on this because to say the result wasn't in doubt would be an understatement. Like, it was, you knew Nick Wayne wasn't winning this match. I mean, it was, it was like, might as well right. be a spoiler. But it was, I did want to kind of have a look at where Nick Wayne looked at to be out in his progression because the last time he wrestled on collision, I thought he looked a lot better. Um, and I think we saw that kind of continue here, Charlie. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know you, you mentioned it on Twitter a little bit. Like Nick Wayne looked better here, right? What did you make of the match? I think that Nick Wayne's like he's always been like he's always had pretty good like moves, but like he's really starting to put things together in the ring now. And like learning under Christian, Christian's an incredibly smart wrestler, so you can't really yeah. choose someone better to learn from, to be honest. Um, but like putting him in with someone like Orange Cassidy, who has proven he can have incredible matches with people that wrestle like Nick Wayne, just like the Forbidden Door match he had with Osprey. Um like I feel like that was a really smart choice to see where Nick Wayne was at in a singles like in a singles manner. And wrestling as a heel is like really benefiting him, I think. Like he's laying his shit in more like he's looking more aggressive in the ring. And it's only benefiting him, I think. And he's like obviously he's still got a ways to go. He's like 18, 19 at like, he's a baby in the business, but right. from where he was, like when he first joined AEW to now, I think he has done quite a bit to like improve himself in the ring. And it's really impressive, honestly, considering he hasn't wrestled all that much. Yeah, I agree because I have to be honest with his first, he, like his initial shines in AEW, I was like kind of concerned. I, yeah, I didn't think it was, yeah, I didn't think it was translating to TV uh, very well, but I think as a heel, it's been it's been different thus far. Oh, what did you make of the international title match? Yeah, Nick Wayne on this return, I don't know what he was doing. He was out. I don't know if he was injured or if he was just like training some more or what. But he wasn't really. He wasn't getting all uh, the AW matches. Wasn't getting ROH matches. Wasn't on the Indies either. He came back. He had the he had the great showing on Collision. He had another good showing last night. I was kind of concerned when the match was announced because yeah. like Orange Cassidy. He's a guy that you bring the pace. He knows how to do a bunch of flips and stuff, but he doesn't really do any of that anymore. And then, like, Nick Wayne is, like, working heel. I thought it might be, like, slow and, like, plodding and boring or maybe, like, something like that. But, nah, man, they are. Uh, I like uh, – Nick Wayne's heat segments, uh, his control segments were enjoyable enough as a heel. He's still got, he still got like, his uh, flippy offense and stuff. It was, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Um, I hope I hope this is a streak that can continue because – like like you mentioned earlier, Nick Wayne's original showing in AEW, I there, it was concerning, but I thought he would always end up fine because I was right. a big fan of his on the yeah. Indies. I've seen the the Swerve matches, which was great, the Osprey matches was great, but just other general stuff that he did. But um, I think he he's finally putting it together now, and he's not just like 
he's not the guy that's on TV anymore because like he's Buddy Wayne's kid and he has like high ranking friends in AEW and he's 18. So that's another thing. Like, no, he deserves to be in these spots because he's a talented professional wrestler. Yeah. And I think it's clear, you know, I think we've all kind of mentioned it is the heel. He just, as a personality right now, it's just the right place for him to be. He's, especially with the way he emotes his facial expressions and stuff, he's way better as a heel. Like there's, the people can very easily get on board with wanting to see that dude get his ass kicked, right? Which is a good thing. Like that's, as a baby face, it felt like he was mis- he was kind of miscast to me. And I think right now you're seeing the benefit of the Hilton and Christian, uh, his influence, as Charlie mentioned. Right. Now there was some there was some shenanigans in this one, right down the stretch. The Undefeated Kingdom arrived. Um, Garcia was there. Rocky and Trent were there. There was like a whole lot going on. And then in the end, post match, as soon as Orange won, Roddy jumped him with the big knee um, to kind of finish a build that has been well. I- it's been fascinating, yeah. Fascinating is the word, Chuck, because it's yeah. like it's been going on for a long time. It's mostly just been developed through angles like this and or matches between yeah. Orange and and you know friends. And I mean, it's been. I'll say this: it's got here quicker than when I when we initially knew they were doing this six yeah. weeks out. I was more concerned, and it, I think yeah, it was. A, yeah. It was oh my god, like situation. Like, yeah, I think it's it. gone okay. Um, this and it was pretty good. I, I agree. Any concern, I say this as a big Roderick Strong fan, to be clear, I'm a little concerned the placement may kill this on Sunday. It's a little... I'm looking at this card, and this looks like a match that could be a victim of being placed between bigger things that people are more interested in. Right. Um, I still think it's open. Open? Yeah. yeah. If, I think we've been saying that gonna... for the past couple of reviews. Yeah. If, if yeah. they're not going to crown DG... Like, if DG doesn't win the TNT title, then yeah, open with this, I guess. Because we all agree, right? Like, if it is given that spot, they're going to kill it. Like, they're going to tear yeah. it up if they have a fresh... I just worry they have a good match that's kind of cold in the building because you guys are going to be exhausted from all the other stuff that's going mm-hmm. on. So, time will tell. I think we all are of the belief that Roddy's leaving with the bell on Sunday, right? If and he doesn't, all... I'm going to be absolutely baffled. <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> That would be complete booking malpractice if this OC yes. reign continues any longer. I love OC, bro, but like, how much more yeah. can he do with this belt? Like, this, it, yeah. like That's... unless you're sending him out to like do what he did at Repro and just come defend it in random matches around, like in like the UK and Europe and all that. Like, what are you doing if you're not like if you keep the belt on him? It's just really? I love OC, but he needs to be doing something different. People rag on this reign, and I don't blame them because it's been tough, but. Orange Cassidy was put in a really difficult position. Oh, yeah, it's not his fault. Having yeah. to take this belt back after he wrestled literally every mid-carder on the roster yeah. already. So it was just mm-hmm. like, he got fucked having to get the belt back. But um, he did the best he could. I hope they're going to tear it up on Sunday. Uh, Roddy should absolutely go over. It's exciting, too, from, like, Roddy's hardly re- – he hardly wrestled, really, because he's yeah. been there for almost a year. So yeah. – this rain that he's about to have, there's a chance for like, there should be a bunch of fresh matchups waiting, right? There should oh, be a bunch. Good. So that could be a nice addition to to this show each week or whatever show, honestly. That's one of those rains where like, hopefully Roddy wrestles at the rate that Orange has because I think that'd be a, a hoot. So uh, That should be the goal. Like if, yeah. if we go, at, if we get out of this rain and Roddy's not serious contention for best in ring next year for all the awards that they... Mm. they they fucked up somewhere. They fucked up somewhere. I they agree. Yeah, I agree. He's been. It feels like he's been waiting to really have a chance to like go crazy in there, right? And this should be it. So, 
yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty exciting, honestly, that part of this. Uh, folks, please do, as I've said throughout the program, like, subscribe, and uh, if you're feeling generous, want to support Charlie's Night on the Town in Greensboro, <laughs> please do send a super chat. I believe we have All a super, super chat. All my super chat money will be spent oh, at the Lord. arcades. Yes. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Ibrahim <laughs> um, Niang, $2 super chat. A.O. vs. Ibu, Rock Austin. A.O. vs. Joe. Rock Triple H. Well, I will agree with something here. You know, Joe is a very believable Triple H. I'm a very believable Rock. But in what situation, Ibu, are you Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> now, if you said somebody like, you know, May Young, or you know, um, Tyrus, uh, who else? Satnam yeah, Singh. Yeah, people, more yeah. people your caliber, Ibu. But Stone Cold Steve Austin, that's that's kind of crazy to me. It's a little aggressive. Like, seeing a super chat like that, just exclusively to put yourself over is a little much, honestly. I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> like, come on. But we bro. get paid, so. It is like, what it is. You could have been like The Rock versus Dan Housen or something. Be like, yeah, that is, that is <laughs> like, AO versus Ibu. That is AO Ibu. Yeah. But Austin's crazy. Yeah, I like that you went far enough in that direction that in the end I was happy with my Triple H comp. Initially, I was going to fight back on Triple H, and by the time you were done, I was like, actually, I, that's oh, fine. No, I'll take you that. Do me a favor. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right. I was, speaking of doing someone a favor, um, the Bang Bangs is a gang of backstage here, and Jay White, as our friend oh, no. Montgomery calls it, he calls great mass conversation. Did you see this? He did a tweet about it. You know, I, I didn't see that tweet until literally like today, this afternoon. Like, I had no clue Monty started Jay White dialogue oh. on the timeline, bro. People were pissed. But yeah, it was, it, grown was, ass. it was, it was not, it wasn't <laughs> wrestle period. It was at Montel W, which is when you know yeah. shit's getting serious, right? When that comes Yeah, out, when people so. find that account, Monty just, Monty just hangs out on that account, is cynical yeah. about everything. Puts over Obafemi, he does his thing. His his tweets don't really leave his that his circle on that account, but that one, that one pissed people off. It sure did. Uh, I don't think he's the only one on WrestleFurious is pissed off either. Charlie, I don't think you're thrilled about where we're t- about this particular thing, right? So was any latest faults, I guess. I don't know why you would have any updated faults, really, but any. What the fuck is going on with this? Bro, this whole the whole point of this super faction was because of the undisputed kingdom. They don't talk about them. They don't. They, there is no goal with this faction anymore. And everyone was like, "Oh, well, now we're just going to get a unification match at some point." Like the Bullet, Bullet Club God are going to turn on them, and they're still not doing it. They still haven't yeah. done anything. And like, yeah, maybe they just didn't want to overload the Revolution card. You can do the turn and not book the book and the book match for on big Revolution. Business, like- like, yeah. you can book it for the Dynamite after. It's fire. It's whatever. What the fuck? Like, people are doing this whole save Jay White, save Jay White, save Jay White thing. This is not a good use of pretty much anyone, like, that's involved in this at the moment. But particularly Jay White. He is a former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. I'm not saying he's got to be in the main event scene. But, what? like, his run in AEW so far has been fucking weird. Like, it's been all over the place. And yeah. now he's, like... 
the front man of a faction. That's a really cool faction. And then being trios champ should be really fun. And there should be some really cool matches they can have. And they're stuck fucking scissoring with the acclaimed on TV. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? This I am endlessly frustrated about this at the moment. And because of so much of like the rest of Dynamite is so good and like at the moment, this just like stands out to me as just like like the leftover of an era of Dynamite that everyone hated. And I just channel all of my frustrations into it. I could tell. You got pretty fired up there. I oh. respect it. Um, it's because people were telling me, oh, just let it play out. It's going to go to it. Like, there's a story here. What? There's nothing. There, yeah. There really are telling a story. Um, and if if this still goes where we all assume it's going to go, which is the title unification match, this was a really, really, really strange way to yeah. get from point A to point B. Like I, I, I could dig the idea of a super faction and then somebody catching a blade runner and then the match happens, but them just being like this going on for this long and them being like, oh, we need to have these, these, uh, what's it called matches? Like these, these mixed, uh, bang, yeah. bang, scissor gang trios matches and shit. Bro, Joe, I was on the watch along last week and I couldn't believe that there was that somebody didn't catch a blade runner no no it wasn't a, uh, yeah. i was watching with somebody i don't remember but i couldn't believe that somebody <laughs> didn't catch a blade runner um after the uh trios match they just went to the next segment and i was like what do you what do you mean you went to the next segment? this must be a mistake like i thought i thought that they're gonna go back to the ring because they, they didn't mean to go backstage this is this is crazy like um i i don't agree with everybody saying that like jay white's career is ruined or jay white's like in the fucking right. bin now like i like he just need he's doing something away from the from the world title scene which he would have to do after jobbing to mjf but um this is this is a baffling use of him uh let's yeah let's uh, let's wrap this up let's wrap this up yeah to your point you know you have to kind of at times guys are going to rotate out of the main scene but the issue for jay is it felt like after the full gear match he needed rehabbing to begin with right and yeah Continental Classic, like, kind of got him a little bit of the way there, but not as far. Um, and then whatever they got from the Continental Classic has been erased for Jay, in, you know, individually by this. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you that it's not like, you know, it's nothing to be kind of panicked by necessarily because you can easily reheat him. It's like he's one, he's one angle promo match away, right? Like, it's it's not a mile away, but that doesn't mean this is good. <laughs> I think that's the that's the point, basically. So I, I think got anyone... so much shit for being against the super faction when they yeah. first like linked up. I throw a hissy fit on that dynamite review as well. I was just like, what the fuck are they doing? And here we are. Yeah, are, I'm bro. with you. And I think it's also difficult that it's like the, the presumed direction, as we've all mentioned, is like it's, it's just a trios match from the It's not like it's some, you know, something that's really exactly worth waiting for. It'll be fine, right? Like, I'm sure it'll be a good match, but it's not anything to be super excited about so yeah we'll, we'll leave that there hopefully things get better on the uh the super faction front i guess and by better i mean it ends um things did get better on the show i'm actually happy to have positive review of this sky blue versus chris statlander a couple of weeks ago i mentioned that i felt bad at times because i feel like i have nothing to say on sky matches beyond like it was okay Maybe I was just in a good mood. I don't know. I thought this was like actually quite good. I thought this was yeah, the best so Sky Blue. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought this was the best Sky Blue match. Um, no, I agree. 
Completely. Okay, good, good. I was wondering because Completely. I saw that our friends at Cage Match were not so thrilled, so I wondered if I was just going <laughs> insane. I thought they did a, a good job here. Um, and I think you're starting to see Sky like find a kind of root of how she should wrestle with, with, as this character in this role, which is encouraging, right? Like, it's, it, I thought this was positive. I mean, I think we all want Chris to be winning these matches, but they're clearly doing something with Stoke, and that's fine. Yeah. So I was, uh, yeah, I like this. Oh, I'm glad you did too. Any any kind of thoughts uh, beyond just it was good? What do you reckon? Um, they're just flat out. There aren't many uh, women's wrestlers out there that I rate more than Chris Statlander. She is yeah. outstanding. Um, yes. I I I just love her so much as a professional wrestler. Just wanted to shout her out. Sky Blue did her job here. Um, she it was it was an enjoyable match. Like when she, I, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. When she's on the match graphic, I'm I'm not really thrilled. Like I don't get excited. Yeah. I don't think she's a drizzling shits or anything like that. But you know, she's just not somebody that I enjoy watching more often than that. But to see that she's able to um go out there and have a performance like this. It's a, it's an encouraging sign because obviously AEW rates highly over rates her highly. They want her to be a big player in the division in the future. So I I, I want it to work out, and and this is a this is a positive step in the right direction. I hope we get more of this. Yeah, I'm glad you focused on on stat there too because it's always easy to take for granted someone who's that consistent, right? I think she's got to be one of the most reliable TV wrestlers they have, and it's not always it's not always in the way where you're getting matches that are like you know things that are going to be brought up at the end of the year mm-hmm. when she's in there the show is better for it right she always right. brings it always does tremendously well uh charlie what did you make of this uh sky blue statlander match i think like sticking on statlander real quick as much yeah. as people praise her quite regularly i think she's quite underrated in I aew agree. like yeah. i feel like she does not get the credit she deserves for being how good she is considering she's come back from two major knee injuries in quite a yeah. short span of time like AEW is has existed for five years, and both of those knee injuries happened in AEW. So she's come back from both of those and still wrestling, like as good, if not better, than she was before she was injured. Like she is an, an incredible talent, and I think she is someone that should be considered for the world title, the women's world title, at some point because she's like she is someone that could be the face of that division. The crowd loves her. Everyone always gets behind Chris Statt. And yeah, man, she's one of my favorite women's wrestlers. So I'm always happy to see her wrestling. Yeah. And I think Sky Blue's really starting to put it together now, like you were saying. Like, this was a really encouraging performance. Because sometimes when Sky Blue gets in the ring, there's just kind of move, 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 close and stretch. And it's like, well, you wrestled. Like, you did something in the ring. Yeah. But like, she's definitely like got more of a flow to what she's doing now. And uh, she's put, she's linking it all together a bit more. I was really encouraged by this. So yeah, man, I thought this was a good bit of business on Dynamite. Yeah, Chris Stanlander women's world title uh I, I, I just want to say if I don't know I don't know what um is up with uh Julia Hart medically, but obviously she's mm-hmm. out with something. I don't know what AW thought her prognosis would be, but if they knew she was gonna be out an entire pay-per-view cycle and potentially longer, they should have got that fucking belt off her, man. Like I don't yeah. I don't I don't know why she's just walking around TBS champion, can't wrestle is still holding on to the belt. It's not like her character needs to be a champion of anything oh, for it to work. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and then, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, as for Stat as Women's World Champ, hot take, I think her and Mercedes Monet could be a pretty good match. I was I was just yeah. going to say that. Um, okay, you say uh, Chris Statlander and Athena. 
my only two yeah. options for people that could take the belts off Mercedes for her eventual run. Oh, I've got Jamie Hater penciled in to do Jamie. that at Wembley. I'm afraid. Oh yeah, ja- ja- Jamie's another one. Jamie's another That's, one. Yeah, that is a quartet though at the top of your women's division. Yeah. Like. yeah. I would book my division. That's as good, that's as, good as anybody else's top four. Yeah. You, you mm-hmm. have those four, like Stat and Athena is a match in itself. It's like, yes. my God, that'd be dynamite. So yeah, absolutely. There's a, this as we've said a lot, there's some pieces there. It's, it's a matter of like committing. And I think we've seen them improve in that regard. So hopefully Mercedes mm-hmm. is the, the piece that puts them over the top, but we shall see folks. We're into our kind of, you know, final couple of segments here. Um, so again, like subscribe, super chats, all those good things. You have a question, maybe you have a, an individual take on this dynamite revolution, whatever it may be. Uh, feel free to support Charlie's Greensboro adventure via super chat. All <laughs> right. This next match is an adventure. Lantis Jr. Versus Chris Jericho. Um, so I hear the reaction and I, I, I think I agree, but this was a weird match in that they wrestled to like absolute silence for a while. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, Huntsville decided it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I've given a negative opinion about this match pretty much the entire time we've been on yeah. air. But if you ask me what I actually think, about, I think it was a pretty solid match. I just mm-hmm. think that like when you factor in things like the state of Chris Jericho right now and the and the complete silence that they wrestled to in the beginning of the yeah. match like it was a it was a miserable first five or so minutes watching that and it's not even because like the the work was just like god awful but like jericho trying to take those monkey flips the, like you could being able to hear a pin drop in the arena after the crowd was pretty good for the majority mm-hmm. of the night like it was that was a crazy viewing experience bro yeah, I would agree. And I again, it's, I didn't think the match was like terrible, but it has to be said if you just Chris's performance in particular was not, it was not the performance to kind of silence any doubts in terms of what he has yeah. left. Right. I, I think we're seeing this more and more. Um, I also think that because the he's kind of you know he isn't as over as he used to be, and frankly, with the smaller houses, you take the party atmosphere of yesteryear away from Chris. And I do think you also start to see some of the limitations there, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's different. So yeah, I don't know, Charlie, what did you, um, what did you make of this match? It was, it was a unique one. I think. I was baffled by a lot of it. I'm like Chris Jericho, bro, you, you got to let it go. You cannot be wrestling the way that Atlanta studio, it was wrestling in that match. Like, as you were saying, like some of the stuff he was trying to take, it was just, it just wasn't good. Like the crowd coming up, like towards the end, was like save the match genuinely. Because I like I was watching on the watch along, and I was like, bro, I can't focus on this. Like I genuinely like there was nothing about the match that was drawing me in, which is really unfortunate. Because I think Atlantis Junior is actually pretty good, to be honest. Like I think mm-hmm. he's got loads of potential. But um, yeah, man, this was a Jericho. Like I get why it was Jericho in this match. But sometimes you've got to book to people's strengths, and this was not one of those times that they did that. So the the finish did make me laugh, though, where Atlantis Senior just threw in the towel. I was just like, yeah, that's enough. Whatever. He's not tapping. I'll throw in the towel. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) That that did um, pop me. Yeah, it was, again, he's just in a really weird spot, honestly. He's he's rolling the promotion, feels like. It feels like it needs a reset entirely at this point. there's definitely, I mean, again, it's, I think matchmaking 
I understand why he wanted to do this match. Like, I get they meant something to him. That's cool and all, but like, he's re- wrestling a young luchador. <laughs> when at this point, your game is be- is best served to just kind of whacking guys and being a rough veteran. Yes. Just, right. just, just a strange fit. We were talking about this before we went live, right? Like, it's just, it's like some of these matches. He's, it's fine. It's like he's actively finding guys that expose his limitations. It's so strange. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, and, um, people, people, people complain um about Jericho going over. Uh Jericho was never gonna lose that fucking match. Uh mm-hmm. Atlantis is a is a pushed young guy in CMLL, but like he loses. Like he, he loses as much as he wins. So he was never gonna come here oh, yeah. and beat Chris Jericho. I think the real issue is because of the match that they had, was it fair? Uh, was it a fair showcase of his abilities? I don't think that's necessarily true. We all watch CMLL here to a varying degree. None of us are like super fans, right. but we do we do check out the promotion. Um, I've seen him have much better performances than that. If I never seen CM, if I've never seen any CMLL matches before, if I watch that, am I gonna be? Am I like, oh my god, I gotta I gotta check this kid out in his home promotion? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm like, oh, that was that was okay for what it was, and then I'm just gonna move on. But yeah, yeah. so I think um. I think not being able to leave there with uh I need to go check this kid out feeling is a is a failure. Agree. Um because I'm with you. I, I think it was never in doubt he was going over, but it would have been nice if he could have got himself over in the match. This was not right. the matchup for that, unfortunately. They also struggled for like a clear direction to take the match in terms of who was the babyface and who was the heel, right? Like they kind of flirted with both and in the end just sort of yeah, I saw Atlantis Senior choking out Jericho with a towel, and yeah. I was like, "Wait a minute, did I? Did I miss something?" Yeah, <laughs> and that came. On? That was like two minutes after Chris was like ripping at his mask. At yeah, Jr. I was <laughs> like, "What's what's going on here, bro?" It was, uh, yeah. it, was, it was very strange, match. So, I guess this is the best time as any to discuss this. We don't have to do it for long because I know there's not really a great answer. But so on Sunday, Chris is in the All Star Scramble, right? And we assume, well, I'm going to assume, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, I'm assuming he's not winning that. I'm going, to, I'm going to assume. I could be wrong, but I'm assuming. What does one actually do with Chris Jericho beyond revolution? What is the direction? What is the role? Charlie, you mentioned earlier the kind of, kind of like a novelty thing, right? Like matches that make historical sense. Um, is that about all you see for him, Charlie, at this point? Or do you think there is ever a road back to being... Let's be real. There's been times he was a featured part, the centerpiece of this show at times. Yeah. Do you think that's just um, been the part to this point, Chuck? I think there's so much Jericho fatigue at the moment. People yeah. don't want to be seeing him. So I think just putting him in the role of, like, even if it isn't a match that necessarily has, like, historical context, they just want to book Jericho in, like, a big spot every, like, two months. Like, that's kind of whatever. Like, they're always going to do something like that as long as Jericho's wrestling. But having him be a featured part of the weekly TV is just a really ba- bad idea right now. Because your roster's so stacked. It's not 2020 anymore. He's not, like, one of the guys on the roster anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it, ha- it happens to everyone eventually, man. Like, Jericho's had an incredible career. Like, whether you think he's great at the moment or not, like, what he's done for the promotion up to this point oh, can't sure. be argued. Yeah. But, like, there, there comes a time where... You can't be doing that on a weekly basis because Jer- he's not, he's not like, as you were saying, like the, the in-ring erosion that Jericho's gone through in like the past six months, especially like, it's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I just don't need to be seeing him on TV like as frequently anymore. If can... like, like, bro, like once every couple of months is fine. 
Right. It can happen quick, though. Right? Like history's kind of taught us that, yeah. and it's it can be the same in sports. It can certainly can be the same in sports, where it's like. I think we're more and more seeing, and this is not to say he didn't have a good match in 23, because he certainly had a couple. But yeah. I do think we're more and more seeing that Ring of Honor title reign was like pretty much the, like the last. Yeah, and that's that's just kind of how it goes. How old was he yeah. at that point? 51? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. it is hard to be surprised. Ayo, anything to add in terms of the role of Jericho? Or is it kind of his no, way? Oh, um, I think no matter how spiteful or not spiteful, you feel about Jericho at this point. I think everybody acknowledges that he needs to go away for a little bit. Yeah. I think if he just fucked off and then came back for like a, a Roddy title defense, people would be it would be well received. Like they they definitely have a good match. Um Jericho get together, like whatever he needs to get together. Like he, the way that his like weight just fluctuates is insane too, yeah, bro. And like and it's not like he's not like the type of guy that can like just gain 15 pounds and his work is his work. It's like no bro, like it clearly limits him. So you can tell he's been tall. Yeah. So uh, he just he he needs a break. No matter what they do with Jericho, he needs he needs to get off TV for a while. Yeah, I think that's the first step, right? Just let everyone just for a moment, if possible, let people miss him. Yeah, let people then miss reassess. Him. Yeah. Learn a new hold. Get back <laughs> in that MMA uh <laughs> that, that MMA gym that you learned the Judas effect in. Yeah. Try and learn the spinning back kick. Can't right. 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 <laughs> Imagine Excalibur putting that over. <laughs> He's been working on this in private for like five years. The idea is. <laughs> oh, dear. Bro, his second spinning back kick, his knee's going to implode, bro. <laughs> the actual Jericho thing would be it's a spinning back fist. And he has like, you know, he does the Urican basically. And it's, he has yeah. a slight variation on the name. It's a new Fozzie song or whatever the fuck. But, uh, and then he bans Eddie from doing the fucking Hurricane. Of course. Yeah, like, <laughs> they can, they can run back their with it. Oh my God, he can win the triple crown. Anyway, all right. I'm giving him ideas. Chris, do not listen to us. We're, we're just talking here. All right. Yeah, Chris, if you listen, erase up from you, my bro. Yeah, absolutely. Um, closing segment. And I think the thing that was the big talking point coming out of the show, right? This was the the visual was the the thing here. Uh, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson, our EVPs, came out and they were, you know, the Sting masks were in were all over the front row and they were kind of looking for Sting, continuing that chase. And Darby emerged from one of the masks, jumped them, they did some physicality, and they just beat the hell out of Darby, right? They hit him with their finish. That was, and at this point, I'm already laughing because it's like Sting is about to come out. But he has waited until Darby has been <laughs> obliterated by this thing, which honestly is believable because Darby is the the idea of the Darby Allen character. I could buy it that he's like, oh, whatever, you know, I'll wake up, it'll be fine. Yeah. Then Ric Flair's music is, <laughs> and as we discussed earlier, this is this fascinated me. So this was Rick's plan, I guess. Was like this <laughs> was, he was gonna, the swerve was going to be here, like not the match. Like all right, I guess. <laughs> So he comes down and he does the physicality we referenced earlier, which was very funny and very unfortunate. And um, he gets low blowed and they're putting the boots to, to Rick. And then Sting's music hits. And I think you could kind of start piecing together what they were going to do here, I think, right? Like it was, it felt like something they would want to do. It's such an iconic Sting um, moment and so on and so forth. So Bucks got the ramp and then down comes Sting. And even though I was like half expecting it at that point because they'd made us wait so long, it still got this like raw visceral reaction yeah. for me because it's just it. 
what a image that will always be, right? And the memories that come with that and the, the history that comes with that. And Sting and Darby then kicked ass to close the show and had like a triumphant moment before Revolution, which I think was necessary, especially if indeed the titles are switching on Sunday, like giving them like a moment kind of to shine here before the show. I think it was necessary. So, oh, that motherfucker's laying down Sunday. I think so. And I, I think that's going to be like an actual, and that's going to be pretty powerful. I think he's going to have this like last yeah. show of defiance, you know, yeah. it's going to be really cool, I think. So, um, that was the closing segment. And it's a, it's a very, very special one. Charlie, what did you make of? The end to dynamite. Uh Darby doing like the spot in the crowd where he's got the sting mask on and he takes it off and it's him. That made that made me pop quite a bit because like obviously that's quite a classic sting thing to do. Like mm. he takes a mask off and reveals his own face paint sort of thing. But um I'm just not gonna talk about the Ric Flair thing because we've we've already talked about it. It's People know how I feel about Ric Flair, like but the visual of Sting coming down on the wire, like it got me emotional on the watch along. I was just like, oh my God, this is probably the last time he's ever going to do that. And like, is he okay? He's like 64, like being fucking suspended from the roof. But that was an incredible visual. Like, and the Bucks sold it so well as well. Like, they're so dramatic in their facial expressions. Like, I keep saying it, but they were really the perfect people for this, like this type of last feud for Sting. Um, and yeah, man, like the visual of like Sting and Darby being triumphant at the end of Dynamite, Sting's last Dynamite, it was a great moment to go out on. And like I said, it's got me even more pumped up for the match at Revolution. I think it's going to be something really, really special. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, because if they were going to do this for the go home, you know they've got some stuff up their sleeve for this presentation. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to go big with this. And, and as they should, I think, you know, we've discussed in the past, Pomp and circumstance isn't necessarily Tony's strong suit. He loves Sting. I think right. he, I think you'll try it now, this particular one. And I'm very excited for that. Ayo, what did you make of the, the final segment of Dynamite? That was awesome, bro. Um that was uh Darby got the shit kicked out of him. This the sting spot was cool with the with the flipping the mask over. Fucking Flair comes out. You, you I'm looking at him because I was like my 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 goats aren't gonna align themselves with this freak, and then you know they 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 sold for his, for his punches and his chops a little bit, and then Matt just punched that old perverted <laughs> motherfucker's cock right <laughs> off, brother. Just punched it right off, um, and then yeah, and the beatdown him was so funny, bro. Like go back and watch Flair selling, but when it's, I don't remember who was so mad at Nick, but they had they had like their book on his face. And they're like doing the, the, the rope spot and shit. Yeah, like, it was mad. You're, you're stomping somebody out. <laughs> Rick Flair just laying on the ground like a dying the state old of man, him, bro. dude. The it state was of so him. funny. But um, yeah, so they, they make their ways up the ramp. And I I never I just I did not see him coming down from the rafters, bro. Like I uh, never envisioned that yeah. happening. I didn't I didn't think it was gonna happen. And so I, I didn't obviously it wasn't gonna come from the front, like Sting rarely does. But I was, I was just like, all right. So how's this gonna happen? How's this gonna happen? Mm-hmm. My, my jaw literally dropped when he descended from the Raptors, bro. I, I, Raptors. I felt like a little kid watching that shit. It was, it was so dope. Um, the him and him and Darby being able to stand tall on his last dynamite is a great moment. But right is right and wrong is wrong. And a legend like Sting, he knows, he knows. <laughs> you, you go out of this business on your back, brother. He's not a, he's not a carny freak like the Undertaker. Who's got to go over on a, on a on a main event guy on his way out of the business? AJ Styles still ain't recovering from that. You feel me? <laughs> Ruined that man's life. 
<laughs> they can't sleep well. You thought he was in this for the money, Joe? He's in this for the gold, the championships. And he's, he hasn't been there since. All right? And Sting is going to do the right thing. He's going to go out on his back. My EVPs are going to... They're not going to stand tall. They're definitely going to get beat down and like run to the back with the titles or whatever. And then Sting and Darby have their moment. But they will be champions again. And they will make the AEW World Tag Team Division great again. Word to Donald okay. Trump. <laughs> brief detour. <laughs> Speaking of Trump, brief detour. AJ Styles. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I don't usually do this, but I have to bring this up. So I don't know if you saw. Did you see the tweet today involving 2014 AJ Styles? Did anyone see this? No, I did not. Okay, I don't think it's a bad account, so God bless them. We all have our errors. Someone tweeted today, who's better, 2014 AJ Styles or 2015 Seth freaking Rollins? Oh, my God. Oh, my and God. I, I, I held my phone. I threw it out the window. I said, enough. Oh, my God. We've gone too far. What has what happened? Fuck, bro. 2014, 2014 AJ. Like a, a godly, all-time great pro wrestler. I mean, look, we have our fun with Seth Freakin. So no, no, we're comparing, comparing, to, comparing to Seth Freakin? He's crazy. I, As I like the resident not-Seth hater on this current panel, what yeah. the fuck is that comparison? Yeah. And again, I, I, think it's, I don't think it's a bad account or anything, but like... 2014 AJ Styles, you can't just throw that around, right? You gotta. That's a man that's that never watched guys. his uh, New Japan stuff. That is a person that was not tapped into wrestling outside of WWE because, bro, what are you talking about? You hey, guys man. know me. I'm pretty Twitter. I can I can just scroll on most of the time. I saw yeah. that. I said, well, hold on. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I just won't stand for this. <laughs> Look. Sometimes uh, you've got to put the pit down. Oh, wrestling is a very um it's very subjective. Yeah. A lot of times people just see what they want to see. But um God God bless Seth Rollins fans, I guess. Yeah. To God quote you, Rollins. right is wrong, God. wrong is wrong. Right is right, <laughs> wrong is wrong. I should say. <laughs> right is wrong, that doesn't work. All right. <laughs> Folks, we've reviewed the dynamite. It was uh, it was a good show. We all left it more excited for revolution. Uh, we even slid in some Seth Rollins slander at the end. Sorry, Charlie, yes. I apologize for that. Uh, I'll so I'll good. pay you back with a Kip Sabian segment within the next year. You owe me one. Right. Um, nice. All right. Uh, do we have any plugs and promotions? I know we do, Charlie. You already mentioned your feature, but please do give it the hard sell yes. once more. Okay, so a feature went up on the WrestlePurist website today about Sting... And just my fandom of Sting, to be honest, and about how I've perceived his run in AEW. I kind of talked about uh, how Sting's talked about in my house, because if, if you don't know, I grew up in a family that have always watched wrestling, and like how he was introduced to me as a wrestler, and why I've always respected Sting as a legend, because of he's someone that my dad was always like, this guy gets it. So mm -hmm. I talk about that in the future. I talk about my favourite moments from his AEW run, and like just how I feel about like the magic green in Greensboro and how it's like affected my fandom in wrestling. So it's on the Wrestle Purist uh, page. Please go read it. I'm quite proud of it because it was just kind of me like being very candid about wrestling, which I do a lot on these podcasts anyways, but never really in written form. So it was yeah. a fun one to do. It's always a big deal when the Charlie of Wrestle Purist and Great Britain feature drops. You know, it's always a big. They actually, I don't know if you know this, but they actually run it as like a national news story when it happens. 
Oh, do they? Yeah. The, yeah it was on, the, I, was, I had the news on and it came up. Charlie has posted a feature from <laughs> Russell Pierce. I said, Jesus wept. The fucking, the, fucking, the fucking kings over there in Buckingham Palace reading up on Sting. <laughs> yeah, just, just figuring it out, learning, you know, figuring out the game. But, uh, but yes, absolutely, everyone, please do go check that out. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to have a preview on this very channel at some point for Revolution when we go, you know, match by match. I'll bust out the yellow fucking notepad and start booking finishes. You know, I'll be, I'll be ready to go for that. But, uh, Ayo, I think with that, uh, it's up to yourself, mate. Any plugs, and then feel free to take us home. Go for it. Oh, um, what is today? Wednesday, Thursday, we don't do anything. Friday, today is Thursday. Oh, yeah, today is Thursday. Very high. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> Friday, we don't do anything. Saturday, Saturday, we might. It is what it is. Saturday, we might have a uh collision watch along. Sunday, we have a collision pre show. I'll probably show up for that. Um, well, collision pre-show, and then we'll definitely have a collision watch along. Um, Chuck might pop in live with some uh, on-site reporting. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, some on-site reporting. She might pop in. Lexi might pop in as well. Uh, All the guys gonna so, be in revolution. That's it. I'm really excited for revolution. Thank y'all for for coming out. Uh, supporting the show. Joe, you want to sign us off? I will do what Monty will tell me to do if I don't, which is like and subscribe. And uh, like and subscribe. Please leave a comment as well. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. Yes, leave a comment. Good call. Yes. Absolutely. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next one, folks. Mm-hmm.